All right. Well, I hope you had a, a great discussion there and uh, you made that discussion personal there and realized that maybe you've put God into the margins of your life in, in some areas and realized some of those, identified some of those areas and have realized maybe there's some changes that would be good. You know, the first commandment, it's not first by accident. The first commandment is the foundation for all of the other commandments. Now, I used to think the commandments were individual. Don't use God's name in vain. Okay, I'd work on that. You got, you got some work to do. Don't lie. Okay, okay, let's make sure we get this one straight. Don't steal. I used to think that they were individual, but I'm realizing now that they're, they're intertwined like the strands of a rope and they strengthen one another. They're all connected to each other. For example, if I learn to not covet, I'm less likely to steal or to lie to get what I want. See how they're connected there? And if I live my life well and I'm, I'm not committing adultery, I don't have to lie to get out of some trouble I might get in otherwise. They're all intertwined together, but this commandment is even more than intertwined. It's the foundation, and it gives meaning and purpose to the other commandments. If I have a strong relationship with God, I know that I might get away with a lie or taking something that doesn't belong with me, but I know that that's going to hurt my relationship with Jesus, who I love. If I didn't love Jesus, it would be, well... As long as I don't get caught, no harm, no foul, and on things go, but that's gonna hurt our relationships with others. God loves us too much and he wants us in good relationships. So he creates this first commandment as the foundation for all of the others. So it's really important that we don't just treat this as the free space on a bingo card and skip past it. Without it, the other commandments become hard to really understand and appreciate and to live in our daily lives. So when we put God first in our lives and we really commit to loving God and pursuing that relationship with God, these other gods that I talked about before take on a whole new meaning. For example, instead of loving money for the sake of building up our bank accounts and, and feeling secure, we see that money has a greater purpose. And we see that using our money in ways that help other people in their lives, but not just help them, but to see God through our generosity takes on a whole nother meaning. And we see that sexuality is not self-serving when we have God in our lives, but we see that it's life-giving. And instead of the technology getting in the way of our relationships and, and for us being so focused on them, we, we put them down and we realize this is a gift from God. I need to make sure I take time before my kids grow up and I don't have time to play games with them. And instead of being on the sidelines watching all these sporting events, we go out and spend some time with our friends, do some things that give us some good exercise, and we bring God into that to that event with our friends. And instead of working late at night and long hours, we prioritize things and realize 
The reason I go to work is so that I can enjoy the finer things of life. And the giggles and the laughter and playing with the kids and showing our children in those times how God is front and center in our lives so that they can make the same choice as well. And then instead of the television in the living room being the temple of, of entertainment, that we intentionally choose when to watch TV and we bring the family together and we choose programs that are going to be good and wholesome and build up our children and build up our relationships with our spouse. And instead of looking at our government as the savior to save the day, we see that we live in one nation under God. See how when we put all these in the right order, completely changes it? And how beautiful it is? And how it gives us clarity of thought in a confusing world? But when we get things out of order, it becomes confusing for us. And we enter into the cycle of confusion. The cycle of confusion is when we listen to the worldly wisdom. We've pushed God to the margins in our lives, and we start listening to worldly wisdom before we listen to the wisdom of our Creator. And in our cycle of confusion, we become confused and we get angry and frustrated. And in our anger and frustration, we make bad decisions. And in our bad decisions, we push people away from us and it damages those relationships and it brings us into isolation with ourselves. And that's exactly where Satan wants us, by ourselves. And in our isolation, we don't have any place else to turn, so we continue to, to turn to the worldly wisdom to figure out what's going on. And that just leads us to more confusion and more bad decisions, and around we go. We become vulnerable to this cycle of confusion when we treat God like a toolbox God. You ever treat God like a toolbox God? This is where we run into a crisis, and we run to the toolbox, and we bring out God from the toolbox, and we say, God, please help me through this situation. Please give me the things that I'm, I'm praying for. And the crisis passes and we put God back in the toolbox and then we go on our merry way. We know where we can find him. A number of years ago when our oldest son was a baby, he got very sick. We thought he had meningitis. And I ran to the toolbox and I pulled God out and I prayed. God answered our prayer and everything went fine. But afterwards I put God back in the toolbox for another day. I was vulnerable to the cycle of confusion. I made some bad choices. But there's a better choice. It doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to be in the cycle of confusion. We can be in the cycle of joy and freedom. And this is where we bring God into our lives. And we make the decision to trust in God's wisdom. And as we trust in God's wisdom and learn His ways, we learn these commandments and we follow what he's calling us to. We have clarity of mind, clarity of thought instead of the confusion. In our clarity of mind, we make decisions that are good for us and good for those around us. And in those good decisions, it helps us to strengthen our relationships 
And as we strengthen these relationships, it brings us into union with them, into union with God. And in our union with God, we learn that we can trust God more. And as we trust God more, we have more clarity of thought and have more good decisions. And we have this cycle of joy and the cycle of freedom that we have never experienced without it. So what we want to do is instead of pushing God to the margins and having a toolbox God that we just pull out when, when we need it, we need to strap God right around us. We need to have God right with us so that we have the tools that we need to quickly make good decisions and not have to fix things, but we can avoid the problems. And so we carry God with us throughout the day, preparing to make those good choices. So this commandment is calling us to put God front and center in our lives, everything else in relationship to our Creator. And I'm going to give you some practical things to go through to help assess yourself and to maybe make some changes there. These are just a few things. You have some ideas of your own, I'm sure, but to help you get started. And the first thing is we got to see where we are. And so a good, honest look in the mirror, sitting down and, and looking how do we spend our time, how do we spend our money, how do we spend our energy, what do we not have time for that's good in our lives that we need to have time for to live that, that good life. And after we assess this, we, we then need to make the decision to make a change, to do some concrete things that will bring God into the forefront, front and center in our lives. And of course, we're going to need God's help, right? And so we need to go to God in daily prayer. Make that time, carve it out, and make it the, the highest priority appointment in your day, in your agenda for the day. And of course, we're going to stumble along the way. And God knows this. That's why he gave us the sacraments of confession and of Eucharist. To avail ourselves to those sacraments frequently, to receive God's graces and his forgiveness for when we stumble. Another thing is to choose godly friends. I read the other day where the attitudes and the ideas and, the, and our habits are about the average of the five people we spend the most time with. So if there's some people in our lives that are not leading us in the right direction, we might want to assess that and, and make sure we bring in some godly friends into our lives and, and give them a, a high priority. Because they can be a good example for us and we can be a good example for them as well. And then putting the gospel into practice, service to others, going out and serving the poor. But we don't really even have to go very far. We can serve others right in our own homes. We can put them first before ourselves or our neighbors next door. We don't have to go very far and we don't have to do these amazing, grandiose things that can be the small things done in great love. We put God front and center and we appreciate these things so much more. So maybe you came here thinking that the first commandment was maybe just a free space on a bingo card or a gimme in golf, something pretty easy. I, I hope by now you realize there's a lot more to it. 
I hope you realize how important this is as the foundation for all of the commandments and why God put it first in the list so that we can give it the first and the most attention. And all the others start to fall into place, and you'll see that as we go through these commandments through the remaining classes. And I hope you have a desire to assess how you spend your time, how you spend your money and your resources to see, do I have things out of balance? Do I have God front and center in my life? That decision to trust in God and to, and to put God first, it's the solution to all the things that cause us so much stress. It brings us joy when we bring God first in our lives. And it brings us freedom out of that slavery that we get caught up in in our world. We, that slavery of, of our possessions. Now we think so many times that, oh, I've, I've possessed a lot of different things. I own this and I own that. And, but when we own a house and we own a car and we own a place at the lake and we own all these different gadgets, who really owns who? These are our possessions, but don't they kind of possess us? We have to now take care of them and pay for them, pay the mortgage on them and the utilities. And again, these aren't bad things. We just have to have them in the right order so that they don't possess us and we don't become slave to them. And as we put God front and center in our lives, the children in our lives They'll see that. They'll see that demonstrated in how we treat each other and how we spend our time. And they'll make the same choice. They'll follow along. And I encourage you to have the intentional conversation with your children so that they can see how this plays out when they put God front and center. Now, our action plan and family activity for this week, the action plan is on your calendar, write it right on your calendar. Schedule a time this week to identify and to begin to replace the false gods that have crept into your life. And then the family activity is take your family out into nature. And if the weather's not so good um, or you can't get out into nature, go and look at one of the, the wonderful planet Earth videos, and those are amazing videos to watch. But if you can get out into, into the nature, you can see some things firsthand. And then have some conversation about how it's so important to put God first in their lives as well. We're going to break into our group discussion here in just a moment, but before we do, next session is on the second commandment, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Seems like kind of an insignificant commandment, but you got to ask the question, why did God put it number two? Why, if it's so important, did he put it in such a high place? So we need to come back next week and, and really discover why that is such an important commandment and the damage that's caused when God's name is used in vain. So we'll have a closing prayer before we break into our group discussion. So let's begin in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Creator of the universe and redeemer of our souls, give us your grace to grow in your commandments each day and your mercy when we stumble. You are the Lord, our God. 
We will not have other gods before you. We will not use your name in vain, but will glorify your name in all our words and actions. We will remember to keep holy the Lord's day by preserving it only for worshiping in you, resting in you, and for relationship with family and friends. We will honor our father and mother and teach our children to do the same. We will not kill, but will honor and protect life from conception to natural death. We will not commit adultery, but will honor our bodies for the sacred purpose of new life. We will not steal, but instead cultivate a heart of generosity. We will not lie, but rather honor truth in our words and actions. And we will not covet our neighbor's spouse, and we will not covet the things of this world, but rather we will set our heart on building treasures in heaven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So now break into your group discussions here. We've got questions number three and four for this part of the discussion. Question number three is, how does putting God front and center in your lives prepare you for obeying the commandments? And the fourth question is, what is the most important lesson you learned today that you need to teach to your children and grandchildren? So, break into your discussion groups. Until next time, have a joy-filled week. <laughs>